0: Hey Scott Yes, Adam Does it feel slightly more Asian in here?
1: 50% Outstanding Coming to you almost live from the middle of a Mongolian invasion, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. And we are your hosts.
0: We are your Caucasian hosts, yes. <laughs> I guess.
1: Stan's uh, not actually Mongolian to my number. Yes. Well, He is of Chinese ancestry. So, the studio itself has not technically been invaded by Mongolians, even though, I mean, there are horses running roughshod. Yes. The Great Wall has fallen. Uh, there are war cries in the air. It's, it's horrific. It's terrifying.
0: But we are glad to have Stanley Wu here, one of the organizers of Pure Speculation.
2: It's good to be here Is invading it? your studio. Yes, no, and we
0: really do appreciate that you're here. We've got a really great show uh, for you today, or whatever day you happen to be listening to this. I guess today still applies. Yes. We are going to talk to Stanley Wu about Pure Speculation. The, uh, how many of these have we done now? Pure speculations in Edmonton.
2: Pure speculations. I think we're on our seventh one this year. So we'll be talking about the seventh pure spec
0: taking place here in Edmonton the weekend of the seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, seventeenth and eighteenth of November. All right, there you go. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to welcome Scott back to the studio
1: and to the country
0: and to the country. Really? Yes, I, I missed I've been you. Away.
1: I I understand that you have missed me. It, it
0: It simply was not the same. I in fact, when I made the last show. A few people commented, boy, you, you sounded really lonely. <laughs> and uh, and the reason for that was because I was. I am lost without you, Scott C Bourgeois.
1: Well, I knew it would be a slog for you, but um, what can I say? Uh, I, I also felt pangs while I was away. Po- from pod-
0: podcasting pangs. Pod-
1: podcasting pangs, yeah. yes. Uh, knowing that there was an episode going out while I was overseas literally uh unplugged from the internet for several weeks uh because the roaming data charges would have been just ridiculous. What was that like? Was it delightful to be unplugged? Um it was weird actually. You get okay. You get very used to having say a smartphone or daily access to the internet through your work because you work in a media related capacity and suddenly uh, you are uh, in, a, in a place where it actually will cost you your paycheck to continue to do that at the same level that you are used to doing it. And uh, it was very bizarre. Hmm. Kind of nerve wracking at times. Really? I wouldn't go that far, no. Okay. Uh, not checking my email daily was uh, a little troubling only because I knew the amount of email that I would be coming home to. And there was we'll a put lot. it that way. There There's was a... a great deal of email. Oh, dear. Um, and then there was trouble setting up one of my email accounts once again, my work email account. The password had expired while I was away. Uh-oh. So there was trouble involving that. And uh, yeah, not being able to tweet. I mean, what the hell? Yeah, no, that, that's savage. Especially for an Edmontonian. Yeah. I mean, we are very into the Twitter in yeah. Edmonton, so...
0: And, uh, and so you went on a, on a Mediterranean cruise
1: with your, with your wife. Yes. We postponed our honeymoon for a year so that we could save money because we wanted to do something uh, special, something neither of us had ever done before, which was to go on a cruise. And we decided to go somewhere neither of us had ever been before, which is Europe. And uh, a cruise actually turned out to be a really good way to get a sampler pack of Europe. Uh, because you get a little bit of all over the place, and then you're like, I would totally come back here. And you make a little mental note, I will one day go back to Venice, because it's lovely. And then you just carry on. And it's also very handy, because, and, and I know people who have done the whole touring around Europe thing. Um, and it sounds like such a tremendous pain in the ass, because you're, like... Day-to-day, you're trying to figure out your travel itinerary. You're trying to figure out where am I going to be staying. You have to book several different hotels. Much easier when your hotel just literally takes you from country to country.
0: That sounds delightful. It was
1: very delightful.
0: Um, So, very quickly, the highlight. The
1: singular highlight? Or one of them. Something that uh, I didn't realize about Europe, that in retrospect— I should have. And this comes from being a native Canadian. and, And this might be the case for a number of native Canadians. You see antiquity on postcards and on the internet. Then you actually go there and you're looking at one side of the street. There's McDonald's and Starbucks. And across the street, there is the Hagia Sophia. And that is very bizarre to stand in the middle of a city like Rome, and there's a highway, and there's some high-rises, and there's some power lines, and there's the Colosseum, all in the same, like, s- view. Like, it's not, it's, it's not even just separate somehow. And that, that was very surprising in hmm. a way. Just, you you kind of almost, it's its up on a pedestal. You expect it's going to be somewhere isolated where all these ruins are. No, they're right in friggin' the middle of Rome is where there's just ancient ruins. That is so bizarre. The same with Athens, the same with Istanbul. It's just right there, there's ancient stuff, and across the street people are going to the laundromat. Ho-hum Colosseum. Like, totally mundane for them. Yeah. Very, very unusual. And the reason why it was disconcerting is for me, and, and I believe I speak for Anita with this as well, is because we come from a country that is younger than some of these cities. And so the idea of having something so ancient right next to you is very alien.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like yeah. just to have, just have ancient history like right next door. The oldest thing in Edmonton is what? Uh, former city councilor, Ron Hader. There you go. So, and I mean, <laughs> that's, if that's as old as we've got. <laughs> it's pretty fucking old though. That, uh, that doesn't really hold a candle to, uh, the Parthenon sure. or to, uh, or to the, the Colosseum or, or Pompeii. Mm-hmm. Like that's old stuff.
0: Yeah. And and so the so you got you got to see some amazing things. Yes. Many of them in fact. Uh all nearly all the amazing things in Europe. Was there anything about your trip that you uh would in hindsight change? Did did anyone try to steal your shit or anything like that? No,
1: we were quite lucky. We were warned many times uh to watch our pockets and such. Uh especially in Rome. Apparently FYI, if you're going to Rome, listener, or for our listeners in Rome as well, because I know, for example, the Pope. Romans, country. Very, very big fan of the Unknown studio show, listeners. Uh, that uh, there is a pickpocket uh, epidemic in Rome. Like, they are apparently all over the place, and they target tourists. They go to tourist traps. They go to, like, Trevi Fountain, where it's busy and there's a lot of people, and they're throwing money in the water, and they will steal your stuff. We were careful. Like, I didn't take my wallet off the boat. I would only take, like, my ID and my credit card and uh, front pocket that because, you know, you don't want somebody taking it out of your back pocket. Nita had one of those theft-proof purses, which is not really theft-proof, but, you know, makes it hard on them at least. Uh, And we were kind of aware of our surroundings at all times. And if we were in a crowd, we were paying attention to who was around us. So we didn't have any problems. And we didn't hear... From anybody else on the boat who'd had any problems either so i think we got pretty lucky but we heard stories uh from mainly the tourist uh people in these countries that uh things were pretty bad so there was that there was one guy who tried to grift me in naples uh but i was wise to his trickery (laughs) um this guy came up and tried to sell me an ipad in the street for like 120 bucks.
0: Man, that's a fantastic deal.
1: If he was selling me an iPad and he had one there to show me, it works. Uh, but I know that, you know, he's going to give me a box with a brick in it to take home and I will be out 120 euro. It would have been euro, not dollars. Uh, and he spoke very little English. So I was trying to very politely rebuff him with, uh, no, I don't, I really don't need your iPad right now. I'm on vacation. Thank you. No, not interested. And he got kind of indignant, like somehow. Like like, I had seen through him, but he was somehow affronted by the fact that I was impugning upon his honor, uh because he got really indignant and was like, "No, no speak, no speak much English, but me, not Gaddafi, not terrorist and and what? like like he's trying to make himself seem like I I'm just I'm your friend I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take advantage of you and I'm like no I know you're trying to take advantage of me I respect that I am a tourist that you were trying to take advantage of I can respect that but you're not going to get my money <laughs> it was it was kind of weird actually well but, and and the worst thing is it's not like that was a novel scheme because they've been doing that here in Canada too it's yeah. not it's not
0: new. Yeah, they, they use a different media for it, though. Uh, like going door-to-door, I believe. Yeah, or even actually. email. Oh, yeah. yeah, actually, I've heard of this. Yeah, I have and it was these.
1: literally the same trick. Yeah. Uh, so I was not going to fall for it. I just wanted my gelato in <laughs> Naples. I didn't want to buy an iPad. Fair enough. Not a thing I needed.
0: Well, I'm, welcome back. It sounds
1: like a great trip. It Very was, worthwhile. It was good times. If you are ever in that part of the world, on a cruise, perhaps, and I would recommend a cruise. Mm-hmm. It was good times. Uh Istanbul is crazy busy. Don't go on a Saturday, but uh, Turkey was nice. Uh, Venice is wonderful and was definitely one of the highlights of the trip. And uh, we had a really good time in, in Toulon, France actually, too. It was very nice there. Oh the kind, of, kind of sedate. Uh, we were there on a Sunday, it was market day. It was very kind of laid back. It was, it was nice. It was nice. Cool.
0: Yeah, right on. So it's a special time of the month here in Edmonton and across the world, a time where the temperature gets colder and young and old men everywhere start growing mustaches. And I've got Seth Glick and Mike Miller on the line talking to me about what's happening for Movember in Edmonton. How's it going, gentlemen? Pretty good. Fantastic. Nice to be chatting with you today. So, so tell me a little bit about what the plans are for Movember in the City of
3: Champions. All uh, right, all the all the Bros and the Sisters in Edmonton are getting ready, or uh, have just started our thirty-day journey of uh, growing mustaches and raising awareness for for male health.
4: And it's uh, a real grassroots movement in Edmonton, and it's uh, really
0: picked up. And uh, do you guys have you set specific goals for uh, for how much money you'd like to raise for the Movember campaign this year?
3: We really, we really don't set goals. I mean, our, our goal, obviously, is to, to grow each year, but as long as it's, uh, the number of participants is growing, that means the awareness is growing, which ultimately is, is the biggest goal for sure.
0: Sounds good. Now, you had a launch event uh, last week at MKT. Uh, tell me a little bit about what took place there and, uh, and how that kicks off the campaign for the year.
3: Uh, we had some of our, uh, some of our team from Movember, Canada come in from Toronto just to uh, thank uh, Edmontonians for the, the work they've done the last couple of years and it kind of launch the, the new campaign creative, kind of give the background story of uh, the Movember and Sons um, initiative as well as talk about the the new campaign um, including male mental health which we we're adding on top of uh, prostate
0: cancer this year. Now is that is that being added at Movember uh, events all over the world or is that just something specific to Edmonton? Uh,
3: it's it's specific to Canada, adding the, the male mental health. Um, in Australia, where it started, they have always done it, whereas we were just prostate cancer
0: um, before that, but now we've added the second cause to it. That's excellent. So what sort of other events are, are you guys planning to do over the month of November?
5: Well, uh, the Movember Empson Committee itself isn't actually hosting any events except for the uh, gala event, on the 29th on Thursday at Starlight Room, and that's the wrap-up gala. Okay. We're encouraging other third parties to uh, to organize their own events and then let us know through our Facebook page and through Twitter, and that way we can get out the word. So there's a, a couple tur- curling tournaments. There's um, a couple parties at different bars that are being hosted, and uh, we're actually doing a male uh, men's yoga called MOGA, the Yoga Loft. And so there's a couple cool things that, that people in Edmonton are, are taking – uh, the initiative to uh, start doing.
0: Right on. That sounds great. Now, you guys obviously are participating. Have you made plans for the kind of mo that you plan to grow this month?
5: Well, I mean, I can see for myself that I have desires in mind, but whether or not the mustache cooperates, that's another question. <laughs> um, sometimes I like to keep a little scruff around the face for a bit and then kind of see what the mustache wants to do and then kind of like, uh, you know, David creating uh, an artwork, you know, Michelangelo and all that kind of stuff. They don't really think of what they're doing. The, the painting paints itself. So for me, it's just the mustache tells me what it wants to do, and I have to follow it, or else I get in trouble. Mike? Uh, yeah,
3: we like to say that uh, we don't choose the mo, The Mo chooses us. <laughs> <laughs> Mine always turns into the, uh, the Tom Selleck, just your, your standard uh, upper lip glory.
0: Uh, That sounds awesome, guys. Well, I wish you and all the gentlemen in the city uh, growing mustaches the best of luck with this year's campaign. Is there anything that you would like to add uh, that our listeners need to know about?
5: Yeah, so if you want to get uh, involved or help donate to someone, just go to Movember.com, and then there's a Canada page. Uh, you can search for individual Mo Bros and Mo Sisters, and if you want to register, it's again, Movember.com, and then you can follow, it's very simple and easy, you get a customizable Mo Space, which you can send a link to your friends and family, and uh, then you can just, you know, get get some awareness, and Mike wants to say something as well. Yeah, and as well, just to make sure you're you're talking to your doctor, talking
3: to your friends, you know, any issues, go for your annual health check, and uh, yeah, just uh, as far as men's depression, just... Talk to people, talk to a doctor, and that's that's the reason
0: for the whole campaign. Right on. Well, guys, as they say, may the best Mo win. Thank you for doing this uh for the city.
3: Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye bye.
0: If you want to donate to Movember, as they said, you can just go to com check out the Canada page, do a search. For anyone that you think is participating, and just so you know, the Unknown Studios' very own Scott C. Bourgeois is participating this year. I saw his mustache a few days ago, and it is coming in nicely. So to encourage the growth of those hair follicles, uh, definitely donate to Scotty Bomb, uh, or donate to anyone else in the city of Edmonton. All the money goes to a great cause that's prostate cancer and men's mental health. Happy Movember to all of you.
1: Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction you need to seek out? The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at digitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. should take a moment. Yeah. To uh, thank some important people in our lives. People that are special to us. Uh, It goes without saying that our our parents are on that list and and our significant others and and any uh, family members both uh, immediate and extended. Yeah. uh, Coworkers, uh, colleagues, friends, uh, people we've met on the street randomly That guy who asked me for five dollars when I last took out money at the ATM. These are all obviously and unquestionably people. They they
0: support us that
1: uh, give us support and that we would like to thank. But there are a few special shout-outs that we feel that we need to do every episode because right now because we're paid to (laughs) because literally (laughs) because we are paid. So we would love to thank uh, our
0: sponsors, Focus Communication, Uh, Sue and Dean Human are. The very best of humans. Actually. They are
1: good at communicating yeah. and at focusing. They, they do both with precision. And, uh,
0: and they sponsor the Unknown Studio.
1: And I was going to say with alacrity.
0: Yes, that word also. Um, and we really do appreciate everything that they do, uh, not only for the Unknown Studio, but for the Edmonton community. Uh, they are quite glorious. We should also thank the, uh, the Hogwarts... Of digital media. In Edmonton.
1: In Edmonton, yeah. It is a castle-like structure that yeah. you take a train to get to, the LRT. That's in true. In this case. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you will find a bearded headmaster who is
0: in many ways magical. He is so magical that he makes the internet work. Well, pieces of the internet, anyway. That's that's true. And, of course, we're talking about Owen Brierley. And, and Guru Digital Arts College. Of course. That's they're right. fabulous. They, In fact, we struck a deal with them that. to... Almost in the way that you would strike oil, yes, yes, we were drilling them, and things gushed forth <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and in any event i don't i don't want
1: to some the <laughs> metaphor's gotten kind of it gone in a strange place it but, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> it had no chance it had no chance but uh but guru does sponsor us, and in kind uh, they give us access to space in the historical Mercer building. Indeed. Where we are recording all of our podcasts and the podcasts of many other Edmonton
1: podcasters. Yes, we want to support other Edmonton podcasts, and we do that from time to time. From time to time. On that note, if you are interested in
0: using the Unknown Studios recording studios, you can email us at recording at the unknown Uh see if we can arrange a time, and it's 10 bucks per hour long session, so it's pretty cheap. And the reason it is so cheap is because we want to encourage other people to uh, start and continue to podcast in this and, great city.
1: And we do still want money because we want to continue to upgrade our ability to do our own podcast. Yes. And to support other podcasts. Yes. So it, it's, it's, it's a circle. It's like the circle of life. It is. Stanley... He's been here, sitting here politely the whole time and really could have actually spoken up at any moment. Yes. Nobody
0: told me I could speak. You may now speak, Stan. Thank you, Adam. Um, so you've been helping, uh, actually both you and Scott are, are pure spec organizers, is that correct? That's right. And uh, have you been doing this
2: for the whole seven years? Yes. Um, I, I believe you were as well. No. No?
1: I, uh, I came on a couple years after
2: Okay. Well, uh, I have been uh, part of the organizing committee for Peer Speculation since the beginning. I'm one of the founding members of the Peer Speculation Society of Alberta, which is a registered nonprofit that mm-hmm. uh, sponsors and hosts the Peer Speculation Festival every year.
0: And, uh, and can I ask how you got uh, convinced to be a part of the Peer Spec organization? all those years ago?
2: Well, the head organizer at the time wanted to uh, start a, a festival or a convention here in Edmonton because there really wasn't one. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a place where geeks in Edmonton could congregate and uh, share their, their geekdoms, their fandoms, and you know, special guests brought in and all that fun stuff. And so he decided to start one. And I'm like, this is a great idea. I wholeheartedly agree with, with your position. I am a geek myself, and I think a geek community in Edmonton uh, for, to have an annual gathering would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: I, I presume that at the time, it was believed that Animathon, which is quite venerable at this point, uh, was not doing the trick, as it were.
2: Animathon has a very specific focus, which is, of course, anime, Japanese animation, yeah. and all of the uh, associated um, fandoms, like you know, costuming and manga, you know, the Japanese comic books, um, but there wasn't anything for generic ekdom, like Star Trek, Star Wars, Babylon Five, Serenity—you know, all that fun stuff. And books. And books.
1: And games.
2: Yep. Yeah, so it's
0: not—it's not your typical uh, like—it's not like San Diego Comic Con in so many ways, right? It's more—it's f- to me, it seems like it's less focused on s- mainstream popular culture and more slightly off the beaten path nerdery.
2: I wouldn't say a slightly off the beaten path nerdery, but it is focused more on science fiction literature, mm-hmm. and uh, we have several different progra- major programming streams. Uh, one is literature, one is gaming, and one is media, and those are the, the big three that we try to cover every year. And
0: what? Uh, how are things coming together? We're a few weeks away. Uh, at the time of the release of the show, probably a week and a half away, actually. Yep. From pure spec. Are you tearing your hair out? You seem to have a full head of hair. It-
2: well, that's because I've been growing out my hair long for the past three <laughs> years or so. But we're, we're pretty confident. We have a, a great festival this year. We mm-hmm. have a couple of uh, wonderful guests of honor lined up. We have sci-fi author S.M. Sterling. And we have uh, the creators of the in, uh, independent film about LARPing, uh, Lloyd the Conqueror. Wow. Uh, so we have Brendan Hunter and Mike Peterson uh, as our media guests of honor this year. And is it easy
0: to get people to uh, to come out to, to conventions and festivals like this, particularly in Edmonton?
2: I don't think it's difficult. I mean, you just have to have the right marketing. You have to have the right hook. I mean, Edmonton Expo, which started uh, in Edmonton this year, uh, attracted a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Calgary Comic Con attracts thousands and thousands of people. Uh, But surprisingly, uh, for something as small as pure spec, even though there are so many science fiction clubs and fan clubs uh, around town, a lot of people haven't heard of us still, even though we've been around for every year for seven years.
0: And so what are the things that you guys are doing to try to promote PeerSpec? I, I see you on the Twitter, and and you guys seem to use online quite a bit. Uh, and I know advertising and stuff is expensive, but how are you getting the word out?
2: We're doing more for social media this year. Yeah. I mean, we, we are more active on our, our Twitter and on our Facebook page. Uh, we try to have events every every month or two mm-hmm. uh, just to get people together to keep pure Speculations' name out there. Cool. Um,
0: now, I know that Scott is the guy. Mm-hmm who does the things with the board games mm-hmm. at PureSpec. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what does that look like uh, for this year?
1: Uh, I actually delegated quite a bit this year.
0: Well played, sir. Uh. <laughs> you're like, you're Mr. Manager.
1: I, I'm, I'm Mr. Manager. Yeah. Manager. We
0: just say manager. Okay. doesn't matter me who. You call Mr. Manager.
1: Okay. Uh, no, we, uh, we've got some good stuff lined up, especially if you're into uh, the Warhammers.
0: I have several of those
1: they are uh, they are being represented this year We actually uh, in previous years had some warhammer tournaments uh, which tend to draw people out because people like the little aliens on the tabletops yeah and uh, the last couple years though we we haven't had them out but we do have them back and they're really keen to to get that going so if you are a listener and you like the Warhammers, the fantasies and the 40Ks. You, yeah. can, uh, you can come check that out. We have a Magic the Gathering tournament this year. Interesting. Which is, is kind of good. Uh, I'm I'm told that's still a popular thing. So uh, if you are into the magic cards, you might also consider coming out because there's going to be prizes.
0: Ooh, what kind of prizes? I can't tell you. Magic ones? They're secret prizes.
1: Secret prizes. Secret, secret. Okay, now, now that we've creeped out all of our tens of listeners. Hang on, I wasn't done. Okay. Prizes.
0: <laughs> okay, well played. Thank you.
1: So for those of you still listening, uh, <laughs> uh, we've got, of course, uh, Pathfinder events going on for the, uh, for the people who like the role-playing games. And we've got open gaming. Mm-hmm. We've always had open gaming. So if you have some friends or looking to uh, kill some time, come down to the festival, take in some panels, bring your board games along. Play cool. some board games.
0: Where is this thing happening this year? Because I know you guys were at McEwen
2: last year. Yeah, we, we are, are back at, McEwen, at McEwen, McEwen this year.
0: Yes. Hooray! In the Robbins Medical Health Center, the Robbins
2: Health Learning Center, cool. which is uh, just on uh, 109th venue. Street and 104th Ave.
0: And uh, and how has how have the the presale for the tickets gone? Is it are we doing okay? Are we are we hitting goals milestones? Are we knocking shit out of the park? We're
2: doing really well. <laughs> okay, okay, We've uh, <laughs> we I think we've sold more uh, in. Uh, by this time last year, uh, I mean, we, we sold less yeah. last year than this year in terms of pre-sales, but, uh, and we're looking for a one final push in the weeks uh, leading up to the festival. And that's why you're here. That's well, right.
1: Because our tens of listeners, of course, will all be at Spec. I
0: highly recommend going. Um, I've been to the last two and I'm always impressed by the caliber of speakers and actually, uh, vendors as well. That's because... So many of these cons and, and things, they're, they're a little bit like the tra- like a trade show. And I just enjoy looking at all the objects I want but cannot afford to well, buy. Well, I
2: think you'll be, uh, you'll be happy to, to know that this year we have uh, appara- approximately 50% brand new vendors. Holy cow. Yeah. That's
0: amazing. How did so, you do that? So
1: some new people selling some new stuff.
0: Fresh meat, as they say.
2: That's right.
1: Now, uh, something else. Pure spec, a uh, bit of a literary component to it, as Stan mentioned, um, there's another literary event that goes on in November in Edmonton.
0: Oh, yes. The Rimo. Yeah. Is
1: yeah. that
2: what you were referring to? Yeah. Yeah. National Null for Writing Month. Are you guys doing that?
1: Personally? Yeah.
2: Personally, I haven't done it for years, but I, I was involved back in the early aughts. Oh, oh wow. Back in the day.
1: Uh, but uh, this year, uh, it was realized that uh, seeing as we moved to the festival into November... Uh, because there was other stuff that kept running up against us. So so eventually we kind of moved it into into a little later in the year. And uh, suddenly we were uh, a festival with a strong literary component in the middle of a month dedicated to writing. So uh, we reached out to the local NaNoWriMo organizers, and they are doing events... At PeerSpec. There are going to be write ins. There are going to be. I, I believe uh, it's going to be
2: a, uh, a word war tournament. Indeed. That's going to be happening all day Saturday.
0: What on How does that even work? Like just challenging each other's word counts? That's right.
2: Okay. I thought like. And they're w- going to be doing like different heats all day. And there are secret prizes. Secret prizes. Prizes. So
0: now <laughs> no one's listening to the show.
1: So now we're basically just talking to ourselves.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> So you've done National Novel Writing Month yes. before. Um, were you happy with the result of it? Because I've never done this before. I've I've always set out with the best of intentions to, to conquer this beast, but never done it.
2: Oh, heck no. Oh. No, my first year, I got a total of 1,500 words <laughs> out of a possible 50,000.
1: And they were mostly ums and uhs. <laughs> pretty much. A lot of it was punctuation.
2: <laughs> it wasn't until uh, my third year of involvement that I think I actually completed the challenge oh
0: wow yeah. and and by the third year
1: where was the quality uh at a level that was acceptable to you nope still no okay no. yeah i don't i don't know that i've ever heard of a naNoWriMo book being published
2: they have been really yep some authors use uh, national novel writing month uh, as an opportunity to write out their first draft
1: to sit down and just bang out that first draft that's right
0: that Fair makes enough. sense to me. Like, like having a little bit of discipline around
1: around trying to do that is great. But you would never publish what you wrote during the month of November. There's no, no way, no. Goodness. No. Goodness. no, no. But as a first draft, I yeah. think it's a wonderful yeah, it's idea. Yeah, a jumping off point. Yeah. But
0: imagine sending that manuscript to a publisher on December first. That first of all, they'd just be like, really? December first might have worked for Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, <laughs> whoa! Whoa! secret prizes. Uh, well, that was that the was creepiest unfair. of them all. Yeah, it was. It was because it was out of left field. It mm. was uh, It was mostly terrifying. Now, uh, there's something else interesting about PureSpec that you should all know about, gentle listeners, if you're still here. Uh, other than the secret prizes, Scott C. Bourgeois will
1: be interviewing one of the honored guests. Yes, S.M. Sterling. And author and auteur, because I don't actually know if he likes hamburgers. I was going to say hamburger, <laughs> but... That may not be true, and I don't want to uh, be libelous. Slanders, L- libels printed. That's true. <laughs> that's. This slander. True. So I do. I do not wish to be slander him by suggesting that he is a hamburger if he does not enjoy hamburgers. Though I will now ask him. You don't if believe he the that
0: he burgles hamburgers? Not if he doesn't like them. That's that's totally fair. Yeah. I wouldn't burgle things I uh, dislike.
1: But he does write books. That's true, and. Uh, much like uh, last year, uh, we interviewed Joe Wos, the, Wos, yes. the uh, man in charge of the Toonzium, and uh, that was an enjoyable time. It was, gl- it was People great. came out and uh, watched it. Sort of a live interview. So uh, you can check the peer specs schedule. Uh, you can uh, check when that's going to be. I believe it's around 6.30 on Saturday. Yes. And uh, you, can, uh, you can come out and you can watch but yeah. you should, of course, buy a pass for Pierce spec because you will not be let in if you don't. So That's you should right. actually come out for the whole day. You really, should. Make it worth your while. Yeah. And then also come to the interview with S.M. Sterling. And where no. I will ask him hard-hitting questions like, do you enjoy hamburgers and are you known to burgle them? <laughs> wow. Questions he's probably never been asked before and will likely never be asked again. Indeed. I like that. I like this that.
0: This is journalism, people, at its finest.
1: Uh, everybody, you, the... you know what? Everybody asks him about his books. He's, he wants, I'm sure, to talk about other things. Well, oh, weren't we always yeah. taught back in the Gateway days to try to avoid asking
0: the obvious question like, how did you come up with that band name? Or what does the title of your album mean? Or yeah. do you burgle hams? Burgers? Burgers? <laughs> 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 so is this a back-breaking uh, sort of endeavor to plan a,
2: a con like this? It does take a whole lot of work to uh, put on a festival like this, organizing the guests, securing the venue, all the advertising and the signage, and just the logistics involved in a two-day festival where you have three panel rooms full of something happening all the time. We have a charity auction. We have a costume contest. We have uh, science programming for children this year. Um, But we have a great... Uh, core group of organizers that have... Some of whom have been with us for the entire seven years. That's amazing. That help out.
1: You mentioned a charity auction. I did? Yes. And uh, I'm going to... (laughs) I, so. I, looked, I, hope, I, looked I looked directly so. at Adam when I said that because I was breaking into, uh, into the conversation there. So it was a little disconcerting <laughs> for Stan. But I was addressing you. You mentioned a charity uh, auction. I, I think did. think you should elaborate on that. Charity, you say? That's right.
2: Uh, this year, our fundraising partner is Crystal Kids, an organization that helps at-risk youth and uh, gives them uh, programming and things uh, to do to keep them uh, off the streets and away from uh, possible troubles at home. And all the proceeds of our charity auction are going to go to Crystal Kids. That's wicked. I love the Crystal Kids. Especially the ones
0: actually made out of crystal. Remarkable. A little Uh, fragile, though.
1: Yeah, you have to be careful because the resonance of the human voice is known to shatter them. (laughs) Hello, it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, God. (laughs) I didn't know that a Crystal Kid would bleed
0: like that um I'm looking at the uh sorry it's so ridiculous I'm actually looking at the schedule uh for Pure spec and it sounds it it looks it sounds if you were to hear the schedule spoken to you, it would sound amazing um i can do that and the great thing is the- the, the way that I see it is um you know we've it makes me think jesus we've got a lot of really great interesting talent in edmonton um because other than other than Scotty bourgeois uh oh, indeed. Uh, who will be inter- interviewing S.M. Sterling? You've also got, you know, the, the people who who created the the film Truck Stop Bloodsuckers. That's right. Um, you know, Paula Simons, one of the, one of the, uh, columnists from the journal is going to be there. Mike Prashan, a friend of the Unknown Studio, who we shamefully
1: have not had on the show yet. It's true, and we really should. That is pretty shameful. It is. is. We just recently had Minister Faust finally on the show. Yeah, we, And uh, it was delightful. He was brilliant. And he was also someone who was long overdue to be on the show, so.
0: And it, it, I think people feel slighted by that. But anyway, uh, just a lot of really terrific names on this schedule, very exciting and um, the idea of a guest of honor mega panel—that's right. That sounds mind blowing. We did oh, it for the first time
1: last year, and basically, it's why don't we get all of our guests of honor on stage and? Uh, just do chat a mega with panel, them. chat yeah. with them, uh, chat with them about their careers and about the weird twists their lives have taken, and let the uh, festival attendees have an opportunity to ask them questions. And and for that matter, get to know maybe some of the guests of honor they're not very familiar with. Mm-hmm. At the same time that they get to see the guests of honor, they are more familiar with. That's lovely. And it was uh, very well uh, received. I want to say last yes, it year, was. which is why we very decided so. to do it again this year. So uh, that is definitely going to be a highlight of the Saturday. You're going to want to come out and check that out. That's excellent.
0: Do you have a business plan, but you're not sure where to go from there? Do you want to increase sales, get noticed, wow your audience, make your mom proud? Well, We've got you covered. We're connected, we're creative, and we're innovative. We are strategy first. If you've got a great product or service and you want the whole world to take notice, Call Focus Communications. Let's start a conversation. Go to focuscom.ca.
1: Holy crap, it's already time for Story Slam again. Didn't we just do one of these? Well, maybe it just feels that way because I've been out of the country. Anyway, even with me overseas, Adam dutifully made his way to the Haven Social Club this month to take in the October Story Slam. He sat in the front row eagerly holding a microphone in the face of each reader so that we could bring you the highlights of the night. First reader is Laura Lynn Johnston. She spins a nostalgic, if slightly creepy, yarn about high school art class.
6: My high school art teacher died a couple of weeks ago. Please don't tell me that you're sorry for my loss. I'm sure as hell not. It would be a massive understatement to say that Kenakin and I had a complex student-teacher relationship. I'm fairly certain I was one of his favorite students, but I know for a fact that he was my least favorite teacher. The man refused to wash his hands out of fear that he would wash away his artistic talent. In art class, I would stare at his grimy paws with my lips curled back in defensive disgust whenever they came anywhere near myself or my artwork. In my mind, they registered somewhere between New York subway handrail and urinal cake on the putrid scale. My friend and I maintained a tradition of leaving bars of soap on the corner of his desk at the last day of school before Christmas break. He never said a word about our annual prank and uh, he never took the hint either. Knacken insisted that every assignment that was completed in his classroom was photographic realism in watercolor on illustrator board. Grades in his class were pretty much entirely based on the student's ability to create exact replica of a selected picture or existing artwork. Tracing of the original was allowed, and perhaps even encouraged, as students who decided to trace had a clear advantage at maintaining the subject's exact proportions over those who chose to embrace the challenge of sketching it out themselves. The mind-boggling notion of penalizing an attempt at real drawing still infuriates me. He was a cold-blooded killer of creativity, a violence that my art is still struggling to recover from. Often I would daydream about the happenings in different art classes over at one of the other high schools where teachers might have actually been teaching their students and where creativity probably ran rampant. I envisioned rows of students lined up in front of easels, each people straining his or her neck to examine the play of light and shadow on a challengingly arranged still-life composition, students sculpting with clay or in vibrantly paint-splattered, aprons experimenting with new oil texture mediums, a teacher writing 100% in her grade book beside the name of a student who just completed a stirring representation of jealousy in the form of a four-headed emerald horse. (laughs) I had to keep my own jealousy bridled whenever I attended one of the other school's art shows and found myself surrounded by genuine and expressive original art. When the attending public fawned over my school's collection of works and our supposed talent, I had to suppress my all-consuming desire to rampage through the gallery, ripping down every picture I could reach while screaming hysterically that we're nothing but meticulous tracers. (laughs) Kanakin, Creepy, revolting Kanakin. At one point during high school, he somehow, unbeknownst to me, acquired my photograph and proceeded to paint my portrait by using it as a reference. I'm sure you can imagine my horror when I showed up to class one day and saw myself idolized on his wall with the rest of his art just as unsettling as the collective evidence that uh, he was the party responsible for the disappearance of my own self-portrait in the 11th grade. (laughs) But even all these things cannot compare with his despicable behavior during the second semester of my 12th grade. Kanakin had taken the liberty of matting two of my paintings himself, a task he valued at $40. My mother had driven an intense fear of debt into me at a young age, so I coughed up the cash even before he had finished his (laughs) self-appointed task. A few weeks later, he again asked me for $40, having completely forgotten or completely unwilling to admit that, he had, uh, that I had already paid him. Having already put in several hours at McDonald's to pay him for the first time, my 17-year-old self was not eager to fork it over again. Exercising my overdevelopment, overdeveloped sense of justice, I plotted a scheme to rescue my paintings from the storage room where they were being held under lock and key. I recruited a close friend who took our class with Kanaken during a different time block to take advantage of any moment he foolishly left his storage room open when he stepped out during class. An opportunity prevented, presented itself, and my white knight heroically liberated my paintings and returned them to me unharmed. It took Kanakin nearly a month before he noticed my paintings were missing. The semester was over by then, but he managed to track me down while I waited outside the gymnasium for my Pure Math 30 final exam to begin. He actually grabbed me by the wrist and dragged me into his classroom, shutting the door behind us. Thankfully, he did little more than shout allegations and slander my way. I admitted to nothing, he had proof of nothing, so he reluctantly let me go, having accomplished nothing more than riling me just in time for my most, my most important final exam. When I returned home that afternoon, my father asked why I was upset, and I told him what happened. Hell hath no fury, like a six foot four, 250 pound protective father. My school principal was the unfortunate recipient of the brunt of that rage and promised to make arrangements for Kanakan to apologize to both my father and I personally. About a week later, my father passed away. An apology from Kanaken never came, a transgression that I cannot and will not ever forgive. It was my white knight who informed me that uh, Kanakin had died. I had no interest in attending his memorial. I can't stand to hear eulogies about terrible people that in death are canonized as saints. I was baffled to learn a group of former students even planned an art show in his honor, but I secretly wondered if I should attend to reclaim and set fire to the creepy portrait he painted of me. I do not believe in an afterlife, nor did I think I was the kind of person to react to someone's death with smugness, but I just can't help the subtle feeling of justice that sweeps over me when I imagine Kanakin on some other plane of existence as the recipient of a great celestial ass-kicking courtesy of my father.
1: And as always, we present to you the winning tale of the evening. This month's winner was Matt Prinz with an unusual tale of working for Canada Post.
4: Canada Post told us we all have to use new gizmos. You scan parcels with it, and that tells the computer that the delivery was made. You take the gizmo everywhere you go, and if you have a signature item... You get the person to sign for it on the gizmo. It's a touchpad thing. You might have seen it. Maybe not. It was new to me at one point. <laughs> Here's a story about that thing. <clears throat> Here I am with a passport. This will need a signature. A ding dong.
3: <laughs>
4: yes. Hi, I'm with Canada Post. Who? Canada Post. I've got... uh, I think it's a passport. A what? I've got a passport for Irma, and I need a, a signature for it. Oh, okay. She let me inside. Her dog smelled my feet. You... You just sign here in this box, if you don't mind. Oh! I handed her the gizmo. She held it and looked at it. Just sign with that little stick thing here in that box. She looked at the stylus attached to the gizmo. It doesn't need any ink, I, I told her. Oh, okay. Sign anywhere in that green box. On the green? Yeah, anywhere inside that box. She started writing on the line that made the bottom of the green box. But it doesn't work. Now you can sign anywhere in that entire box, like right, sign right in the middle. She still kept writing on the very bottom. My daughter lives in Arizona, so I'm going to go stay with her. Yeah, it's really cold here, isn't it? This isn't writing. <laughs> well, you have to sign right in the middle of the box. But there's already writing in there. That's okay, that's uh, just a note to let you know what the box is for. It says sign here. <laughs> I, I can write over top of that? Yeah, write on it. She wrote her name and it worked. There you go, now you can go to Arizona. All my daughters live in different places. I've got one in BC, one in California, and one in Arizona. (laughs) Oh, wow. She's so old. She's the oldest person I've met in a long time. And she's so dumb. And she's so lonely. Okay, bye.
1: Congratulations to Matt Prins and to all the readers in a fantastic night. Edmonton Story Slam goes every third Wednesday of the month at Haven Social Club. That's 15120 Stony Plain Road. It starts at 7.30 p.m. You can come out and see the event for free or you could get up on stage and read a story all your own. Maybe we'll see you there on November 21st. <laughs>
0: Now I know that the the whole thing sort of kicks off with a uh, taste
2: of pure spec. Yep, the taste of pure spec is the preview event that happens on Friday, uh, November sixteenth.
1: Is it like taste of Edmonton?
2: Uh, no, I- in that it's not a food festival. Well, that's disappointing. But there will be musical. Uh, entertainment. Ooh. Okay. We have uh, Vanessa Cardwy, a singer-songwriter from down in Calgary, and we also have Edmonton Acapella Ninja's Apocalypse Cow performing. Of which you are a member. Yes, I am.
0: For those of you who listened to us last season, you'll recall us making fun of Apocalypse Cow as they played for us on our live show. That, that was, was delightful. That was so much fun. Yeah, that was great. We have to do one of those again Eventually. We will. Yes. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> um, so Taste of Pierce Spec is where you, you get to see a little bit of, of what the action for the weekend is
2: going to be all about. In addition to the musical guests, uh, each of the guests of honor will uh, be speaking or performing or something. I mean, we asked them to surprise us, so we don't know exactly what maybe, it is they're going to do. Maybe juggling,
1: maybe they, eating a live seal. I don't know.
2: I would I would watch that. S.M. Sterling juggling. Uh, juggling a live seal. Juggling a live seal. Maybe I mean, burgling that, that would be great. Hammers. Uh and anybody that already has an advance uh weekend pass can get in for free. Wow. Absolutely free.
0: That sounds amazing. I'm choked that I'm not going to be here this that weekend actually.
1: Yes, uh it is worth <laughs> noting that uh Adam Rosenhart double-booked himself that weekend. I did not. Uh, and will not be in attendance in was, spite of the fact that the Unknown Studio was asked to do part of a panel. See,
0: what happened was uh, I, we were asked like immediately after last year's Pure Spec, would you ever like to do this again? And naturally, Scott and I said, hell yes. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I was enrolled in school for my day job. Um, I'm learning to be an accredited advertising professional. And wouldn't you know it, but the very weekend of Pure Spec is when I'm supposed to be in class all weekend in Calgary. So, uh, much like um, Scott being away uh, for his cruise and I put a show together, um, I'm cruising to Calgary and Scott will be putting, putting a solo. show together. Yes. Very, very much so. Uh,
1: with author uh, S.M. Sterling. That's so. true. He will. He will effectively be my co host.
0: Yeah. I Doubt he'll swear as much as I do. <laughs> Fuck,
1: shit. Sorry, I just
0: hadn't swore in a while.
1: Okay. no, nope, that's <laughs> fair. You needed to get that out. All right, Th- so. It had been building like pressure. You could see little, there's little gauges yeah. that were starting to redline. It was and just this one <laughs> vein right yeah. here. Yeah,
0: that's what happens when I don't steam, blow some steam. Steam
1: coming out of your ears, yep. Yeah, Yeah, it's, like it's like a secret prize.
0: <laughs> of rage uh, that comes out. Now, um, <laughs> of course, you've got your regular schedule. You've got you've got taste of, of of spec on the Friday night, and you also have a costume contest.
2: Yes, we do have a, we have two costume contests. Actually, oh, oh we snap! Ha- yes, we have uh, the big main costume contest on the Sunday, and then we also have a kids costume contest. Awesome! Yeah, immediately after the uh, kids science panel on Saturday afternoon. That's great. Now.
0: Um, what's the quality of the, of the costumes at PureSpec? Do you see some crazy... You, there are, You'd be surprised. You would
1: be surprised. There are... Now, for the costume contest, and I'm, I'm going to say this just so that people who maybe have a costume but aren't like big into the costume thing, but I, I like this costume, I would go and enroll in a costume contest, except that I'd be up against people who make a living out of making costumes. Do not be intimidated. Yeah. There are categories for beginning costumers mm-hmm. and intermediate costumers and advanced costumers. So sure, that gay, guy may have put together uh, an exact replica of the Spider-Man costume and is wearing it and actually climbing on walls. That is probably not going to be in the beginner costuming uh, uh, field. You can feel okay entering that one. Hey, so you're and, describing uh, Peter right basically now. Basically, <laughs> that's Peter Dick, who, who has been on our show. He, he was our bug yeah. expert in the he first He was
2: great,
0: movie. yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, And he usually does enroll in the advanced costuming. Yes, his costumes
2: over the past few years have been amazing. Have been consistently
1: amazing. I believe he won one year with a Snake Eyes costume. That's right. Holy shit. Yes, it was a pretty good Snake Eyes costume. It was
2: really good.
0: You know, I would love to enter or to to go to one of these things dressed up, but I would hate to be the person who puts it together, and I don't have the money to pay someone to turn me into one of the Brotherhood of Steel from uh, Fallout 3, which is really what I'd want to go as. Um, but I believe that something like that would cost probably a grand to get made. Probably more. more than that. You think more than that? Yeah. 10 grand? No, not no, quite not that then. much. <laughs> Couple grand. Damn. All right, so I'm still buying lottery so basically, tickets. <laughs> basically,
1: Adam wanted it to either be incredibly cheap or super expensive. Not in between. It's not... It, it's it's a prestige it, thing. He, he didn't in want it to be all. attainable. <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> so he wanted it to either be easily attainable or completely unattainable. Um...
0: So, Stan, you and Scott are part of the organizing committee for Pure Spec. That's right. What are you looking forward to in particular, other than everything? Are there any highlights uh, of this year's festival that you're, really, uh, that you're really keying in on?
2: I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing Lloyd the Conqueror. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking with uh, our guests of honor there. And because they, they managed to make an indie film. And they've got comedian Brian Posehn to star in it, and it is they, they released it on video on demand. And how do you do that with like no budget yeah. and a day job? Yeah. So I, I really want to know. I really want to talk to they those guys have and pick their brains. Se-
1: secrets.
2: Prizes. Wait,
1: they, they can share. Wait, what?
2: Was that a sentence? No,
1: <laughs> probably I not. I feel like but we that. do
2: have a a local and independent filmmaking panel with uh, both the creators of. Lloyd uh, the Conqueror, and the creators of Truck Stop Bloodsuckers. That'll be amazing.
1: I was actually, this uh, comes back to mind. I was going to mention it earlier. Uh, you'd mentioned the amazing local talent. I did. In Edmonton. And Edmonton really does have, have an amazing creative community. And PureSpec has always uh, kind of put that front and center. Yeah, we bring in a big-name author from wherever. And yeah, we bring in sometimes a game designer and sometimes maybe a media celebrity from somewhere. But the bulk of the people who are running panels and who are doing talks and and who are uh, peddling their wares at PureSpec are are generally homegrown. And so it's a great way to support uh, local writers, local filmmakers, especially this year, uh, local game designers, local uh, artisans,
2: and uh, even local experts on a variety of geek subjects.
1: Indeed. So now, I mean, that's something that uh, that I think makes PureSpec a little unique, even even in comparison to say the Edmonton Comic Expo mm-hmm. that recently happened. I mean, sure, it's great to see Billy D. Williams in town, and I'm not slagging on the Edmonton Comic Expo. I wasn't here for it because I was overseas, but I'm told it was an amazing time and I absolutely want to go next year. But uh, we we really do try to keep it... Intimate. Intimate. And yeah. and one of the ways we do that is to bring a lot of the local people in to, to talk about it and to, uh, in a way, teach and pass on uh, their knowledge to people who are interested in Kind of joining their ranks, I guess, would be the best way. You want to learn how to design board games? We've got a guy there who m- makes board games, who start, who's local. Yeah. You wanna, you want to learn tips that'll make you a better writer? We've got local authors and publishers there who will, who will give you suggestions and tips. Won't necessarily
2: read your manuscript. <laughs> you, you want to learn about science? I mean, we have somebody from the TELUS World of Science. We had uh, a nanotechnology uh, expert in previous years.
1: That's wicked. So uh yeah that, that's just it's something that's uh I think very unique to PeerSpec, and I think that that's something that that deserves special mention.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel the two that I've been to where the um the guests were all very accessible, you know. There wasn't like a uh, a mob of people around them um and it, and it was just great to be able to have chats with them. So I wish I could be there uh that weekend but uh Scott will have to uh do a weekend at Bernie's-like thing with a corpse that resembles me.
2: You will be sorely missed, Adam.
0: Yes, I'm sure I will. I don't doubt it at all. Stan, before we move on to my favorite part of the show, is there anything that you need to mention about PureSpec that we haven't talked about yet? Other than...
2: secret. (laughs) I do, actually. Okay. If you want more information on Pure Speculation, you can find us uh, on your social media. Our website is purespec.org, and our Twitter is at purespecEDM. You should follow them immediately. And we also have a Facebook group, Pure Speculation Festival.
1: There you go. You should like that as often and as frequently as you can, which I believe is once only. Uh, Or
0: every day, if it's possible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the Pure Speculation Festival group on Facebook. And there you are on Twitter. Glorious.
1: On that note. Yes. Adam. Yeah. I know you're chomping at the bit. Oh, my God. You you want this so bad. I can feel it. And, and it's been a while since I've introduced you to it. It's been nearly a month. That's right. Wow. So I know you're kind of backed up a little bit. I'm gnashing my teeth. That's... If that's turning up on the recording at all, it probably sounds terrible. <laughs>
2: it looks weird.
1: It does. You are, you are of course, <laughs> ready to burst at the seams for the Fast 15.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is my favorite part of the show because I get to ask Stanley Wu... Very complicated questions. Whoa, I didn't study for this. Intimate questions. Oh. Some of them, sexual. Oh. Actually, I don't think any of them are this time. Oh. So, Stan, uh, I know you've listened to the show before, but for people who haven't, welcome to the Unknown Studio. It's Assuming really that we nice to have not scared you, you off <laughs> yeah. already. With secret
2: prizes. Uh,
0: the Fast 15 is a segment of the show where we ask our guest a fifth. 15 questions. The first 13 are standard questions we ask of all our guests. And then, of course, we have two wild card questions at the end, tailored to your likes and dislikes. Oh. So here we go. The Fast 15 with Stanley from Pure Speculation. Number one, your favorite food? The lobster. Wow. That, that really sets the bar high. Oh, oh It's no. okay. Okay. It's okay. Favorite color? Blue. Mac, PC, or Linux? PC. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Tea. Favorite holiday? St. Patrick's Day. Favorite sport? Lacrosse. Favorite pastime? RPGs. Favorite music right now? Ramstein. Favorite movie right now? Uh, Tron. Favorite video game right now? Borderlands 2. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ooh, uh, flight. And the last of the standard questions, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Fuck you. Stan Wu. <laughs> Bring uh, it, Jedi. Come on. <laughs> we're on to the wild card questions because we were talking about it early in the show, uh, Scott's Travels. What's the most exotic place you've ever been? Downtown Los Angeles. Okay. that That, <laughs> that is great. And finally, uh, your last wild card question, if you could put together the ultimate pure spec panel, who would be on it? Oh. Yes, this is going to require some oh, thought.
2: okay. And...
1: I would like to point out that up until this moment, Stan had probably been doing the fastest Fast 15 ever. Unquestionably. Really? Oh, excellent. Yes. And you, you know what you motor- win? Through that. What Blue do I win? Secret prizes.
2: Oh, I'm so <laughs> <laughs> excited. All right. So the ultimate Pierce spec panel. Yeah. Okay. Oh, You know what? I think it would be the original cast of Tron. Really? Yep. Like a Bruce Boxleitner. Bruce Boxleitner. And, uh, and it, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, yeah.
0: So out of curiosity, why the, uh, why the interest in Tron these days? Oh, David Warner. It's,
2: it's, not even, it's not even these days. I mean, Tron has always been one of my favorite movies. It was kind of one of the movies that got me interested in science fiction. Really? Because it was so colorful, and it was set in a computer world. And I loved playing video games, even as, as a young kid. And it, it felt good to have this kind of pseudo-spiritual connection with the digital world. And that's kind of where we are now with our reliance on social media and the internet mm-hmm. to, to deal with not just current events and world events, but dealing with each other as people.
1: Yeah. Speaking about sci-fi movies in colorful computer worlds, I'm totally stoked to see Wreck-It Ralph.
2: Oh, I've heard good things.
1: And if J&J spoil it in any way, <laughs> I will fight them.
2: Oh, I will be there with you fighting them.
1: Also, probably seeing Wreck-It Ralph.
0: On the next episode of The Unknown Studio, Scott C. Bourgeois and Stanley Wu will be fighting Jay Runham and Jordan Blackburn from the J&J podcast. For spoiling Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah. <laughs> I want to wreck it. Uh, Stan, as always, a distinct pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks. Thank
1: you for being on the show. Indeed.
0: And our next episode will feature Scott by himself.
1: And then our episode after that, we will finally... We'll be together again. Be together again, that's right. Properly. As, as God intended. Yes. Bad guy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Secret prizes. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 75. Our guest, Stanley Wu. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. Visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening.
2: Do you recognize this voice? (laughs) Scotty Bourgeois, this is your life! (laughs)
1: That would be fantastic. That would be bizarre. Oh, dear.
2: Scotty Bourgeois, do you recognize this voice? Colonel Clink. Yes.
0: Fantastic! <laughs> I don't think that was Colonel. It really it wasn't. Dope. Dope. I I know, know, who, who was it? Who were you doing? I have no idea. He was just doing a random voice. That's there you go. That's how the magic happens. <laughs>
2: that's right. kind of a kind of a Severus Snape, Mister Potter. Potter, Potter. He's a Wang. Who's I mean, Wang? Harry Potter. He's Harry a Potter's Wang. a Wang. Yeah, really? He's Asian.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter Wang.
2: Part of the Hogwartsian Wangs.
1: <laughs> that's right. The they, moved, they moved to Britain a long time ago yeah. and uh, oh, really see. assimilated quite well. A new
0: dynasty of wizards, in yep.
1: fact. <clears throat>
0: the Hogwartian
2: Potters?
1: It dawns on me <laughs> that all of the wizarding schools that are mentioned in, uh, in the Harry Potter books
2: are in Western Europe. Do you know why that is? Because all of the other countries lost the magic a long time ago. Is that's that really is that canonical? That's no. quite sad. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> just shit I I was my ass. I was going to
1: imply racism. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah,
0: yeah. That that that's acceptable. Racism is acceptable. Sorry, implying racism is <laughs> acceptable.
2: Racism itself <laughs> is right. not acceptable. Yes, no. no that, just, uh, the implication of racism is perfectly acceptable. There you go. It's in true in many countries.